And how about this? 30 seconds of the shot clock, 30 on the game clock. Cal gets the last shot. Oh, my God. You could not have drawn this up better. Her second free throw is up and no good. Ball's tipped away. Anigwe grabs it down. Her second free throw is up and good. Nothing but net. 63-63 to 63 for the Bears. Here's Caldwell takes a three. Boom! Up top to Forbes. Forbes takes a three. Boom! Wow, no one within five feet of Forbes. She's the wrong lady to leave open tonight. Because that's her fourth three of the game. Here's Forbes for another three. Boom! Wow, and Mackenzie Forbes having the game of her life. What a fantastic weekend of California women's basketball, the best in a long, long time. Welcome to Bear Talk. Sam Wiseman here with you alongside Jack Hinson, Ryan Zimmerman, and for the first time, Kelly Soria. It is great to have you with us on this Wednesday night. And oh boy, was that a pair of great games, and Jack and Ryan, what, you were there for them. What did they give you before the show? That first was. Off? I'm not, what were you taking? I'm <laughs> not kidding. Those two games, the best weekend of women's basketball at Haas, probably since the upset of Stanford last year. They sweep number 17 Arizona State, then on senior day, an incredible comeback. They were down 32 17 at half. They come back, force the game into overtime. That You heard that were say Caldwell three in the open. Fantastic well, which one? shot. Which one? There were like it, five to count. Five and six Mackenzie count. Forbes going five of six from three. Didn't they have two double-digit comebacks last weekend? Uh, they were down 20 to Arizona against Arizona, Arizona State, the number 17 team in the country. They pull out the win, and just like that, they're back in the they're back in the running for an NCAA bid. Just well, like that. Did, did we ever doubt it that that seriously? They lost I, five of six twice this year, Jack. They, they, these yeah, last... but we, we kind of knew at the end of the day that the Pac-12 was so, so strong that you know if they even if they were seven or eight, they would or eight or nine even losing the U.S. going one and one going one and one against USC this year, not a good showing uh, for Cal. And we talked about the Pac-12 being a seven mid league. Cal currently in eighth place uh, right now, and they might end up there before all is said and done before the Pac-12 tournament. But in any case, beating Arizona State, that is a signature win uh, for this women's team. And then against Arizona, just it just it, it makes me feel good to to watch at Haas Pavilion that happen for an entire weekend. Those two games. True. And I mean, for once, the crowd actually got into it and showed up, which made it all the more. Um, I mean, you could just feel the the energy switch in there from first half to second. And I think, honestly, there, there were a few boneheaded mistakes that at least Arizona was making that definitely were attributed to, um, to, the, to the crowd at Haas. Yeah. Uh, not to mention that the last win was on senior day, and for a very talented group of seniors, what a way to send them off. Yeah, uh, uh, crazy comeback. I, I, I don't know if, if anyone out there was tuned into Calix, but Jack Hinson and, and Jesse, o, that, was, that was honestly one of the best games I've heard on Calix in, in quite a while. Oh, you're, I'm, you're, too, you're too flattered. I, well, I'm, I'm serious. It, it, it's fun to listen the, to, but you guys don't make it easy to engineer. The, uh, the, uh, that fourth quarter was thrilling, hands down. And the Bears have had some thrilling fourth quarters, but they've always come out on the bottom. You remember that first 5 of 6 losing streak uh, that started with UConn? They were in all those five. There was They were in five games. They had the lead with a minute left. Five games out of six, and they lost them all. They were never in the lead against UConn. Uh, 
not in the with the last exception quarter. they were in the they were they were they were they were gone within three they were up uh they were up at half anyway they were they they had that stretch of games they were all in it in the in the fourth quarter in the final minute of the fourth quarter they lost UConn on free throws they right. lost but they lost by six points on free throws to the number one team in the country at the time right and they come back they, it it seemed like every time we were at Haas Pavilion you would you we'd be sitting there we'd be we'd be doing the game and. Somehow the Bears would find themselves without possession, a point down with 30 seconds left, and they'd have to foul their way out of it. And they would always seem to have, you know, five team fouls already, and the other team had two, and that was that. And the, uh, you know, we, the, even even the first Arizona series when they went down to Arizona and got swept, that was right when that was going to be a bounce back series. That was the first road right. Pac-12 series after they had uh, lost to UCLA, the emotional loss in overtime, and then come back to win Albeit against USC. Arizona has come out much stronger than. Almost anybody could have anticipated this year, right? They were projected 11, 12, where they've been the rest for the last decade or so. Now they're, you know, they're at least a step above that. Well, Ari McDonald, right, yeah, gives you a step up no legit matter what. Baller, thirty-one points against Cal last time out. Well, in any case, Christina Nigue, who actually almost had her double-double streak uh, cut short, she was sitting at I think five points and three rebounds at half against uh, against Arizona. She ended up coming back. It, uh, did well, it, in it helps when you have five extra minutes on your on your side. She, she definitely had it locked down without extra minutes. There is Christina Nigue coming through for Cal once again and on Senior Day, last home game in Haas. Definitely, definitely comparable to that to that senior day win against Stanford last year. Can I add something about senior day? Um, as as impressive as the game was, you know, equally if not more impressive, I would say was the senior day ceremony that they that the they had at Haas afterwards. Um, Lindsey Gottlieb got up and spoke about the four seniors. Let's see, it was Rasay Caldwell, who is here for a year, um, Mo Mosley. Um, Asia Tom of and the Titans, Asia Thomas and Christina Nigue, and she she was crying for every single one of them. You actually got to know these people, uh, these players as people, right? You got a little bit in their inside their personal lives, their personalities, right? I thought that was just very eye opening. And then also they had these perfect video montages for every single one of them, um, just the highlights of their careers and some interview questions back and forth. It was. I don't. I just had to congratulate. It was. It was a huge, whoever was the video editor. It was a huge one. game for Rose Caldwell on Sunday too. Like you mentioned, grad transfer, first grad transfer for Kyle ever. She comes in and as much of a leader as anyone on the team this year, and as much a part of the successes. If they don't have Rose Caldwell, they certainly don't win as many games as they have. And you know, Rose Caldwell. Christina Nigue and Mackenzie Forbes were really pivotal on Sunday, and to send the seniors off like that, I, I, I really sometimes I don't like how, how big of a deal is made out of you know Senior Day, right? Is you know everyone well, when it's done right like that, then it's... but when it's done right and when the Bears come out with with a win like that where they're down thirty two seventeen and a half, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take that one every time. So great pair of wins this weekend for Cal women's basketball, and uh, are we gonna mention their? Uh... Male counterpart. Well, I, I just I was. See, I, I'd be you know, totally fine you know, if we just glossed over. You that know what? I, I was actually. Well, I, I think a couple weeks ago we were we were here talking about you know always want to try to want to repress the memory of the past weekend's uh, men's basketball games, but you know just trying to linger on the woman for as long as possible to hold that feeling inside of me because you I mentioned best weekend of basketball uh, women's basketball at Haas, also the best weekend of basketball at Haas period in the past you know two calendar years we're going to say the men's team still mired in the you know never ending losing streak 16, 16, 16 games now uh, and they uh, they're uh, they're I think we need to start t- what's what's 
we need to get a thesaurus out, I think, because there's there's horrible, there's terrible, and then there's the Cal men's basketball team. You can pull a line from Moneyball, there's 50 feet of crap, and then there's the Bears. Well, Ryan, uh, this is true. Uh, the, uh, the Cal men's basketball team, so bad, in fact... So so we so, made national news. We, we were so you know bad. what we make been making national little bad news bears. <laughs> you know what, Jack? I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up because we have a little segment on that uh, coming up in a little bit. Oh, we'll okay. say I I, I, okay, I jumped the gun. Okay. Yeah, well, you did jump the gun on the, on the bad news bears, but they are the bad news bears. And uh, let's take a look at their games against Arizona and Arizona State. Not pretty at. All and Ryan. Well, are, hey, hey, we had a halftime lead for the first time, and that's what makes it who worse. Who knows how that's, long, Ru- Jack? Uh, we played point, Arizona State tough down the stretch. Point counterpoint. That makes it worse that we had a half. Do you, do you they in the first ten minutes of the second half against Arizona State? Arizona State shot like eighty percent from the field. 80%, and that was not a small sample. They shot like 8 of 10 from the field in the first 10 minutes. And just like that, uh, it was a 6-point lead at halftime, turned into a 12-point deficit immediately. You could just hear, you, you could just hear uh, so that's like what, on the radio. It was 18-point swing? Yes. Oh, man. Yes, immediately, immediately. Ryan, Ryan, you want to look at the numbers for us? Ryan, the numbers guy? Well, just looking at the way that these two teams play, Cal did allow two players in their starting lineup to score over double digits in Dorton Edwards, and then Zylan Cheenham also had another 12 rebounds himself. It just it feels like every game the Bears play, they allow at least one player on the opposing team to step up. Against USC, Jack, you and I were there for that one. It was Benny Boatwright. <laughs> Uh, Should have had a career high against them. Yeah, against Utah, I think it was, I, I forget what it is, Parker Bear, or Cedric Bearfield, who showed up and took over, and at Sanford, it was Casey Paul. It seems like they... they to, to be fair, the people that they're letting up these you know mountains of points to are the stars, right? So it's, I'm not denying that, no, but still, if you're a good team, you find a way to shut down your opposition's best player, and it seems like time and time again, they just are unprepared going into conference games and teams can just run riot on them every single time on the floor right i don't think anyone's gonna disagree with you on that no you're no no one's not no i wasn't trying for a hot take believe me in any case commons basketball not good not good at all they have two more home games left i guess uh for the sake of uh for the sake of the program, I, I, I think we were to tell everyone when they are. Uh, and not only that, we're going to be broadcasting them. You can tune in to hear. I know we haven't done a great job of selling the Cal Men's basketball team, and we'll talk more about this uh, this weekend. But this coming uh, Thursday and Saturday, so tomorrow and Saturday, tomorrow at 8 p.m., they will face Washington. And then on Saturday at 4, it'll be Washington State. Uh, you can tune in to hear those final two games. It will be senior day on Sunday uh, for the Cal men's team. Uh, whatever for who for, uh, for oh, nobody. You know what? You're no, correct. there are no seniors yeah. on the team. It'll be the uh, the last home game, and yeah. the R- Roman Davis will get a taste of uh, what he'll have next year, I guess. Yeah, R- the Roman Davis, the junior. So yeah, it, it's probably worth mentioning. If Cal loses their next two games, they'll be the first team in the history of the Pac-12 to go the entire conference schedule winless. I, I, I guess I should mention about the whole senior day stuff. If you know, Jalen Brown and Ivan Rabb had stayed all four years. Of course, this is a pipe dream and would never happen in a million years. This, it would have been their senior day. To oh, do you mean on, do you mean Jalen Brown, the guy who rested his ankle in the NIT opener? <laughs> that guy? Yeah. No, no that wasn't no, Jalen no, Brown. No, that was no, Ivan no. Rabb. Was that, was that Ivan Rabb? That was Ivan Rabb. I mean, yeah. They all blend together for me. They, they you use it and lose it is the motto around here, which it should be. They're good basketball players. But uh, you know, as we wrap up our discussion of uh, of Bears men's basketball, this is I hope. 
I hope this will be this will probably be one of the last times we get to talk about Kalman's basketball. And you know, historically bad season, uh, I think deserves a little bit of a tribute from again, Ryan. I, I think after after five games we play this one. Now after sixteen, I think we get to play it again. The Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull? Bull. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. And you see how bad, how bad the Bears actually are. Terrible, 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 horrible, no good, very bad Bears. And with that, we get to talk about some Cal baseball. Isn't that right, Jack? I guess we do. Oh. <laughs> We do, in fact, the the same very Cal Bears that Sam and I will be calling this Friday, actually, for the Calix baseball premiere. Yeah, against St. Mary's. So right? let's talk. Let's talk some baseball, and finally, we get to baseball. And so Kelly, yeah, gonna... we get to uh, we get to sandwich Cal men's basketball and their ineptitude between the two sweeps we had this weekend. So. Perfect planning. Yeah, Kelly will bring you in here as, uh, once again, you're listening to Bear Talk right here on 90.7 FM, KALX Berkeley. In fact, you're listening to Bear Talk, if I could talk uh, clearly at all. But it is Cal Bears uh, baseball that has a four-game win streak going into this weekend, a home-and-home against the St. Mary's Gales, a double home-and-home. And, oh, boy, a lot to talk about from this weekend. Andrew Vaughn with a 4-for-4 game on Saturday and really contributions uh, from all over the field, including, we should say, the freshman Hans Smith gets the start at third base a few times. Uh, we saw Cameron Eden, who's playing with a broken finger in the outfield, uh, basically because the Bears have no uh, no one else in the outfield who has that kind of experience. But he's playing with a broken finger. Uh, Andrew Vaughn on the offense. Corey Lee with two two RBI hits in the final innings of the Sunday game. With the one, bases loaded both times, I should add. One to tie and one to... Uh, provide the two winning runs as the Bears came back 5-3, two comeback victories on Saturday and Sunday. And so, combined with that last game uh, of their opening weekend, they end up with a four-game win streak. Andrew Vaughn is the reigning Pac-12 Player of the Week. It only took the first week of the season for that to happen. And, uh, yeah, general general era of good feeling, I think, this week for Cal Baseball after a rough start. Over-under, so you mentioned uh, Andrew Vaughn winning uh, Pac-12 Player of the Week. Over-under, how many um, how many times do you think he's going to win that? This, I think the record is season? six. Record is six. Record is six. He could get to six. Yeah, I think, I he, think he can tie well, we, we were just talking about how great Spencer Torkelson from Arizona State has been thus far. Spencer Torkelson, last year, from 15, last year. 15 RBIs, now a sophomore. Spencer Torkelson, 15 RBIs. He'll be, actually, he'll be draft eligible at the end of this year, I believe. Oh, is he 21? Uh, yeah, so he's actually from Marin. He... Uh, went to the rival high school of Jared Goff, in fact. Uh, but he's a uh, yeah, uh, absolutely crazy, uh, crazy numbers. He had he had seven straight multi-hit games to begin the season. Actually, his on-base streak, which reached 46 games, ended just last night in their Tuesday game. It ended at 46 instead of 47. So that's the only reason I would say that Andrew Vaughn's not going to win six, right? Cause Spencer Torkelson, yeah, right, because the season's only what. 12 weeks long or oh, so? Oh, 14, 14, 14, 15. Somewhere yeah, around 14. the 50 to 55 game mark. Right, so, yeah. And plus you have, I'm sure there'll be other people in the mix somewhere down the line. Yeah, yeah. So we've got Andrew Vaughn, <laughs> Spencer Torkelson, and everyone else. Yeah. Hey, at least one other person is going to win the award. I mean, baseball is a game where everyone can slump. Someone's going to get hot. Well, you know, we talked to Mike New last week and then again uh, this week, and... He's really talked a lot about those freshman arms uh, that he has. 
yeah, he was men- he was mentioning how um, prior to the Cal Poly series, he pitched nine freshmen and um, mentioned that 13 guys, not including position players, had their first um, Division One play in general. So that's 13 guys on the whole baseball team. Uh, and he said they gained valuable experience. Um, coming into college, yeah, valuable experience. That's a that's a little bit of a little bit of coach speak right there. But it, it it appears they oh, actually yeah. they might have gained some good experience. Sam Stottenborough, six scoreless innings in relief of the opener on Friday, and Stottenborough, uh, really, I think Mike mentioned him as one of the most his basically his best freshman pitcher out of the out of the well, nine he has. He's sitting at a three six ERA right now, which is. That's good for college baseball. Right, it's good yeah, for excellent. college, and, and plus, he he was drafted out of high school, too, so it just shows you, I mean, 40th round, but still, it just shows you how talented he is, and and he comes into Cal with all this experience, and he pitched really well on Friday. I think that's a sign of what's to come. Well, Sam Sunbrew, we talked about Ian Villers as a guy out of the back end of the bullpen. Grant Holman had a, uh, a good contribution on yeah, Sunday. He, he had a really nice start last time out. Yeah, the... Um, the longest start by any Cal starter. What was it? Five innings for Grant Holman. It's like a it's a new it's he a new went a little bit further, a little five. bit five plus innings for Grant Holman. But they've been they used the opener in essentially every game. I think Grant Holman they weren't even intending to start him. He was just pitching well and they left him in. But uh, Armand Sabori has really taken on this role of the opener. He's been he got hit up uh, a couple times last weekend when they when they started him. But I guess that's to be expected. They, they put in an opener uh, for a reason. But he only he went less than two innings both times uh, last weekend. So. I don't know. Uh, let's let's get an assessment, guys. Uh, the opener for Cal baseball. Uh, yes or no? Is it working or is it not working? Ryan, um, I'm going to. I apologize for a lack of opinion here, but I think it's really too early to tell. It's only two weeks into the season, and I think it's pretty well established that Armand Sabori is going to be the number one guy in terms of the opener. I think it's a mixed bag, really. So I'm I'm going to take a wait and see approach on this one. Wait and see. I didn't know Ryan was our wait and see guy. That's a that's a new uh, new mo well, for him. I, I've seen I've heard the Calix interviews with him, with Mike New as well as dare I say the Daily Cal ones as well. Oh no, Ooh, oh, you're man. you're headed into so, uncharted territory there, bud. Who knows how trustworthy those are? But um, in both of them, Mike New seems extremely satisfied with them so far. He's he's talking for the foreseeable future. Nothing's going to change in terms of that. So and. And so that, it's good to see confidence in that. So his confidence inspires my confidence, I guess. Yeah, that is true. Even when they went on their three-game losing streak, he still said that they played, and the games were fairly close, they played better than the results actually showed. So there is a, a great deal, of, uh, a great sense of confidence within um, the coaching staff, at least. Um, I think, uh, I mean, preseason, uh, the week, the series in Arizona, uh, seemed very promising in general for Vaughn too. So if if they can continue to get production um, from him, obviously uh, hard to top last season, but uh, they should have a good season. Yeah. So as far as the the opener goes, I'm not going to wait to pass judgment. I'm gonna I'm gonna say, first of all first of all I don't I don't like the concept as far as college baseball goes, uh, especially because uh, really it's just it's just a kind of a, a product of me wishing that uh, the Bears actually had some real starters and wish, wishing they had Jared Hornback, but. I think you're right. Mike News, he sounds confident. I think he's happy with what he's gotten. And I, I think there's a parallel that can be drawn here to the Cal men's basketball team and that they're coming in with a lot of freshmen, very little experience. Why King Jones had that totally blow up on him and it had it go 
basically the worst it could have gone. I think Mike New right now is, is, is seeing, especially after last weekend, uh, that it can go well sometimes, which is something the Calman's basketball team has not seen uh, really at all ever in the past two years. Something so. you mentioned I think we should pick up on. Um, you mentioned Jared Horn, right? Mm-hmm. Jared Horn. So, I mean, of co- for those who don't know, you know, out with an appendicitis, scratched about two days before his first start was scheduled. That was two weeks ago. I, I don't know. And I don't think I, I told it uh, just real quick. I don't think I told the story. Apparently, the, uh, what happened was they landed in Tempe on Thursday. They took him straight to the hospital uh, and they had to find. They found out that he had to get appendicitis, so he he had to he had to do his, his surgery down there in Tempe. So it was really short notice for them. Right, I, and I you're seeing it. So the, the the diagnosis was or the prognosis was one to four weeks out. Obviously, one was a pipe dream, right? And so we're sitting on two, possibly two more. And I think, well, I guess they won all. all um, they swept last weekend, and he wasn't in the rotation. So, but then again, Cal Poly at this point is what one and five. So we'll see going forward, especially in the St. Mary's series and um, and future ones. You know how much he can inject back in when he when he gets there well i want to just say two weeks uh, two and a half weeks from now start a conference play so it is it is uh, it is a possibility that jared Horn comes back for that usc series on uh, starting on the ides of march uh but uh, to be honest i i don't know for college baseball the rehabbing is is definitely a little bit different than for uh, for professional baseball and that there's no farm system to rehab a player in and really the the real the rehab starts for college baseball in the, the the only real game it's scenario trial by have. fire yeah it's trial <laughs> by fire so yeah and, and usually you trot out your guy in a Tuesday game and Cal just really doesn't have that many of them like they don't there have too many they don't have too many low leverage games where you could have Jared Horn get his get his win back underneath him either and it's funny you talk about low leverage Cal does not have any opportunity to to stray from the path this year. Uh, Mike was talking about wanting to get into the tournament, make it up for Andrew Vaughn, didn't get in last year. Uh, this is Andrew Vaughn's last year. They they want to get him in, but as far as uh, as far as that goes, they're going to have to you know be on their game. They're not going to be able to you know lose in the ninth inning to Washington State, right? They're going to need to pull out the sweep of Washington State at home this year. It's Little things like that are, are really going to matter even more than they did last year. Even one more conference win for the Bears last year, and they're in the tournament almost certainly. Almost certainly. I, so on that, I know it's a bit of, I guess, retro, rosy retrospection, but not even rosy retrospection, but I heard the only reason uh, we did not get into uh, College World Series or any regional or super regional was because of how little clout the Pac-12 has with any sort of uh, NCAA body. The 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 RPI was what Mike knew blamed because they scheduled these things two or three years out, and there's actually there's a there's a clip that I don't, I don't think we can find right now, but Mike knew Mike knew was really t- really putting that on on the RPI. Very, very much. Not blaming the RPI, but the the RPI last year for the Bears was admittedly lower than it could have been. But not, also because no one respects Larry Scott, the the Pac-12 commissioner. Okay, that's and, not that's not why. <laughs> it's a bit no, 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 no. Do you, do you do you understand the politics Jack, of all this? That's that's the NCAA. It's so, not. I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I assure you, it's the not. NCAA does not. That's not what, if if Larry Scott was liked more by the national. No, board, I'm not saying it's not liked, if he's I'm liked if he's competent. competent. Exactly. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Yeah. There you go. I, 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 I really 
don't want to tie this back into the whole Larry Scott thing. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not, this is college. I see that with football, and I definitely see that with basketball, and we're going to see with basketball when selection time comes around, because the Pac-12 is going to be a yeah, one, maybe two teams, two teams in, tops, one yeah. slash two bid league. But as far as baseball... And, and the one is only because you get an automatic bid for winning your that, tournament. Yeah, yeah. That, one in an at-large. That, that correlation between, between you know, how competent Larry Scott is and the selection, definitely more prevalent in football and basketball, because those are the big money sports, and those are the ones that the Pac-12 is really messing up on. I, I, you have to admit, for all the issues that the Pac-12 has with finances and men, and and men's basketball and football, they do well in other sports. And uh, and as far as the Pac-12 networks goes, for those other sports, it, it I would consider yeah, it. But success. there's not yeah. tournaments to the same degree in those other. sports. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm also saying that the, the Pac-12 network loses a ton of money every year. I'm saying for the other sports, it's been a, it's been a success as far as exposure goes. As far as bro- they do broadcast enough, 850 events a year. As far as the Pac-12 networks goes, and as far as those sports, and remember last year, none of this stuff with Larry Scott had Scott had really come out by the no, but it was within inner circles about just his sheer lack of uh, ability to do anything. I don't know what your sources are for that one, Jack. But uh, other than other than the, the you know, the ES, you know what what the what the national insiders is, write, and is, I don't believe what they say. But, this is not from ESPN or any of that. It's we'll see. But yeah, Larry Scott, I agree. The 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 competence issues are, are but the competence issues scale with the intensity and the importance of the sport. So I don't see, for example, the you don't see water that affecting water polo, right? The Pac-12 is good at water. The Pac-12 is great at softball. The Pac-12 is great at women's basketball, right? Women's basketball, the Pac-12 is going to be a seven-bid league. That's because an eighth of the country plays the, especially in reference to water That's not polo. true. There are half yeah. the number of women's teams that play basketball I'm, compared to men's. Half, fully this, half. This like is- 150 to, to, to three, 320 or something like that. In any case, I, I don't know. But this is a little fun Pac-12, uh, Pac-12 tangent. But the baseball season coming up in two days. In just two days, Jack, Ryan, Kelly, got McCoy and Nick here with us as well. They're, they're, they're being quiet today, but we are all sitting in the studio excited uh, for this Pac-12 uh, and Cal bat, uh, baseball season starting up. And we'd like to remind all of you that this right here, 90.7 FM, KALX Berkeley, your only source for California baseball the entire season. will have every home and away conference game for you, plus select non-conference matchups, including... This Friday, March 1st, mark your calendars. Coverage begins at 5.50 p.m. Pacific time on March 1st, just two days from now this Friday. Uh, you can come out to Evans Diamond tomorrow or Friday, but we really hope you'll join us here on CalX, your only source for Cal baseball and the season. Uh, we're going to have Mike New on the pregame show this coming Friday. We're going to have him every Friday on the Mike New Show. The Mike New Show premieres this Friday, 5.50 p.m. Pacific time once again. We're uh, going to have live uh, interviews post game for players. We're excited to announce that as well. And again, we hope you'll join us this Friday, 5:50 p.m. Pacific time, when Cal takes on the St. Mary's Gales. Have we workshopped any names for the Mike News Show? That <laughs> we'll workshop it. We'll workshop it later. I, 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 I think, I think the Bo Mel Show uh, really went downhill, and that's that's kind of tainted my my looking at all the all the manager name show names for uh, manager shows but we've got the Mike New show a new era right there's a oh. a new day you're on to something we could, there. we could we could work with that yeah a new a new day especially when they're coming off uh, one, one of their terrible losses that yeah. may or may not happen good so, for cal sports just in general it is good for cal sports in general the um the the baseball team getting their season started this Coming weekend, home and home again, St. Mary's. Again, join us 5.50 on Friday. And with that, a little bit of time left to talk about some non, 
uh, revenue-producing sports, not that baseball is revenue-producing. I'm going to pull a Jesse O right here, and I'm going to bring up some Cal softball because I had the chance to go down see Cal softball in Palm Springs this past weekend, and boy, did they pull a Cal. Let me just say... I, I don't. I've not Explain, seen. A, I've not seen a single Cal team that has not pulled a Cal yet this year. Cal softball. They go into a game against New Mexico State. New Mexico State, pretty good program for 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 their league. The best best program in the WAC by far, as far as softball goes. Cal, pretty good. Not as good as last year. They go into this game right scheduled for six p.m. They start the game on time. They're going. They're going. They're Cal's up. They're down four runs going into the bottom of the seventh. Right. Let me set this up. Bottom of the sixth inning. They're still down. They're down four runs. Bottom of the sixth inning. Uh, they have a runner c- come and try to slide home, right? She tries. She pulls her arms and hands in and kind of goes into a fetal position in midair as she's flying into the catcher. She just barrels into the catcher. Couldn't decide whether to go high or low on the slide, right? Knocks the catcher over. Umpire calls obstruction and interference. Ejects the runner, right? Then in the bottom of the seventh, the Bears tie the game with a four spot in the seventh. So it's 6-6 in the bottom of the seventh. Another play at the plate with a winning run on third base and one out. Would have scored on a sack fly. Michaela Coelho tries to score, right? She gets tagged out of the plate, shoves the catcher over after she gets tagged out. She gets ejected. So at this point, Cal has two players ejected. They have tied the game in the seventh. Game goes to the tenth inning, and they lose uh, They lose by one run in the tenth inning after going for three extras. It's the longest game for New Mexico State in the past six years of softball. And uh, the Bears pulled a Cal there. They also, the very next day, very next day of Cal softball, Tied three to three, going into the sixth inning, they put up a six spot in the sixth. They lead it nine to three, right? Fantastic. Bottom of the sixth inning, they give up six runs. It's nine to nine. They won that one, twelve to nine and seven. But uh, a little bit of Cal softball for you. They're going to be uh, pretty good this year. I don't know. That that, that seemed like a, a couple of Cal moments from this past weekend that I. <laughs> yeah. Glad you could get your inner monologue. Out. I wanted to get the inner monologue out just to just to describe the the havoc that was the Cal softball program this past weekend. But yeah, we're looking for that's all you, bud. As always, uh, uh, we'd also like to remind you, Cal softball going to be on the the Calix Airways for the first time in the last five years uh, on March 27th. Mark your calendars there as well. That'll be against UC Davis. So with that, uh, I think we'll wrap up Bear Talk for tonight. Sad we don't have more time, but got that great women's basketball weekend and some bad men's basketball, and then the Cal baseball season starting up just this week. We have a weekend full of Cal sports for you starting tomorrow and going all the way through Saturday. We hope you'll join us for all of them, all, of them, all the games we're broadcasting as the Cal men's team will play a couple of games against the Washington schools this Thursday and Saturday. The baseball team will get to play the St. Mary's Gales on Friday. Tune in tomorrow night at 7.55 p.m. Pacific Time. Our coverage tips off for Cal versus Washington as Cal uh, tries to snap the 16-game losing streak. Then on Friday, it's a 5.50 p.m. start for the start of the baseball season. And again, 3.55 on Saturday for Cal versus Washington State on the last home game for this Cal men's basketball team this entire year. You can catch us every, every Wednesday night on Bear Talk at 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Thanks for joining us tonight as we recap the week in Cal Sports and take a look at the week ahead. DJ Squid is next. And for Kelly Soria, Jack Hinson, Ryan Zerman, and McCoy and Nick, who are sitting in the studio with us here tonight, uh, a big go Bears to all of you out there. Again, tomorrow night, Thursday at 7.55 p.m., Cal Men's Basketball versus Washington. You can find that right here on 90.7 FM KALX Berkeley, your Cal Sports Radio Network.